You may have uh, looked at your life guide tonight and seen that our topic is a Hallmark Christmas. Now, what comes to mind when you think a Hallmark Christmas? I'm just going to guess that it is the Hallmark Movie Channel and all of their Christmas movies. Uh, just a little poll so we get an idea of where everybody is tonight. I get a, a, a sense. How many of you have seen a Hallmark Christmas movie or a part of one? Hands in the air. Okay, a lot of people have seen a Hallmark movie. How many of you have never seen one? Never seen a Hallmark Christmas movie? Okay, a few people. A few people have never seen one. It's okay. We're going to get to that in a minute. Um, how many of you have seen all 40 of the ones that have come out this year? All right, there's a hand or two in the room. I mean, these are, this is like, it, it's big, right? It's what we think of when we think of a Hallmark Christmas movie. I was actually thinking, like, to get in the spirit tonight, Hallmark Christmas movies, they, they always end with, you know, usually a heroine who, who finds the right guy and they live happily ever after. So I thought, you know, sometimes churches do all kinds of wild things on Christmas Eve. Sometimes they, like, give away TVs and stuff, and we've never done any of that, but I thought, maybe tonight we could let one lucky single woman be our Hallmark heroine <laughs> and find her a guy, and then they'd live happily ever after. Only then, the guys all kind of look like this. I think we've got a picture of the guy, like, uh, usually sort of, sort of rugged look. <laughs> Canadian lumberjack, all-around nice guy, and I, we just, I didn't have the guy at a, at, a, at a moment's phone call, so we dropped that idea. All right, so for those of you who haven't seen Hallmark movies, we need to spend just a minute here, because you, you need to get the idea. The, the Hallmark movie works like this. There's usually a heroine. It's not always, but almost always there's a, there's a heroine, and she, she, uh, she runs a small business, or she's a lawyer, but she lives in the big city. Um, and then she's, her business is like threatened, either evil corporate or, or she just doesn't like her job anymore. She's with the wrong guy. The right guy was there all along, but, but she didn't know that at the time. And then something comes into her life. Uh, a parent dies and she's got to go settle the estate or for some reason she's got to go back to that small town. And so she goes back to the small town and, uh, and Christmas is a hard time, a year for her. But by the end of the movie, she's met the right guy who was there all along. They live, fall in love, ha live happily ever after, and she finds her Christmas spirit. All right, those of you who've seen a lot of them, that, that just about the gist of most of them, right? You know, there are a few moving parts. If it's not a very good one, I find that there's usually a dog in it. I don't know. Like, I think they just throw a, a, like a lovely little dog in to, uh, uh, to find it. People love these movies. Like, they love these movies. Uh, they made 40 of them this year, and they don't make movies because, like, they want to tell feel-good stories. They make movies because they make money. Uh, it, by one estimate, I think this was Forbes, uh, $350 million in ad revenue and 80 million viewers will have viewed a Hallmark movie this year. That's like a lot of people. And we might just pause for a moment and say, like, why? What, how has this become a cultural phenomenon? I mean, people play Hallmark bingo. And I, I wonder if it's this, I wonder if it's because we long, we long for something in the stories that they're telling in those movies. We long for love, like a pure kind of rich love. We long to find ourselves like the characters do in those movies. We long for life to somehow be simpler. We long for acceptance for who we are. It's kind of fascinating when you think about that. 
in this cultural phenomenon that we gather here tonight to hear a story that ticks off all of those boxes. It's a story about love that knows no bounds. It's a story about finding ourselves in that story of love. It's a story about being accepted and loved for who we are. It's an invitation to find ourselves, our identity in that love. But note that the identifying characteristics of the story we gather and heard, wonderfully read tonight, it's, it's not found in the perfect job or the perfect mate or the perfect small town life. It's found somewhere else. It's found in a, in a story that in its full telling has all these all these challenges. Do you ever think about the Christmas story? I mean, I know we read it every year. We talk about it every year at Christmas. But do you, do you really think about what's happening in that story? Like Mary and Joseph have to travel on foot for, for miles and miles with her nearly ready to give birth. Can you imagine what that journey must have been like? They get there and there's Nowhere to stay, nowhere that will take them in. This, right, this is where God enters in. In the struggle, in the, in the messiness, in the challenge. I often think, when, when we think of the nativity, I think we often think of really the hallmark version of it. Right? It's cute and, and kind and everybody looks happy and everybody looks... Do you ever notice how clean nativity sets are? Yeah, you might throw some straw in, but have you ever noticed how clean they are? Like, I love these pictures that are out there in the world of, of now that uh, these artistic images that just sort of capture, capture the reality of where God enters in to our lives and our world. Like, God doesn't enter in in a, in a four-star, five-star hotel room. Like, God enters into the world in a stable with a mother who is pregnant out of wedlock and a father trying to figure out what that means for him, who maybe were in this place because their family wouldn't even take them in. Some scholars believe that. And then end up giving birth to a baby in a stable where there's poop. This is the first time I've ever said poop during a Christmas Eve sermon. <laughs> I realized that as I was putting my notes together. But I think we need to talk about it. Right? I think we need to, to realize where God enters in is not where it's all, you know, clean and perfect and we got it all together. God enters in where there's, where there's animals and there's smell and there's, there's poop. And for any of you, for any of you who have raised a child you know that sometimes there are wonderful baby smells and then sometimes there are not pleasant ones. And for any of you who have been in the challenges of life where you have cared for an elder parent who is moving toward their last days, you also know that there are moments of deep and abundant joy and there are moments that don't smell very good. This, this is where God enters in. I was thinking about this this week, and I remember this was several years ago, but I walked in and uh, uh, into a store, and there was a nativity set. Um, 
and I don't think it was a Hallmark store, but it was like that. It was a collectible store, and there was this nativity set. There were several of them, and, and there was one, and it advertised, like, out next to it, it said, um, uh, added, uh, added incense of lavender. And I, th- and I thought for a moment, I mean, that's great, but, like, what if you got a nativity set that actually had the smell? Then you'd know where God was entering into our lives. In the Gospel of John, in the Gospel of John, John doesn't tell the story of the the detail of of Jesus' birth. He tells kind of a different version of the Christmas story. I don't know, maybe, maybe he thought Luke and... And, uh, and Matthew had all, all the details covered, and he, he wanted to say something else. But his, his version of the story, I want to read it tonight. Because as we think about a Hallmark Christmas, I, I, think, I think what John says is interesting. This is John chapter 1. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of all humankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from John, who, man sent from God, whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of a human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. Does anyone here know what a hallmark actually is? A hallmark is essentially a, a, a little stamp. It's a mark of identity that you put on something. In the, precious, in the area of precious metals, it announces the purity of that metal. A hallmark, it marks the, the value. It marks the, the purity of the item that it is on. John 1, 12 to 13 that I just read, it says, yet to all who did receive him, received Jesus, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. The true hallmark of Christmas is that we are marked here as children of God. Think about that for a moment. As we gather here, we are invited to claim this story We're invited to claim Jesus coming into our world and into our lives and to be marked as children of God, loved unconditionally as we are, loved with a love that has no end, not even death. 
And because I couldn't help myself, we need to carry the Hallmark analogy just a little further, because you might remember their ad campaign, I don't know if they're still using this one, when you care enough to send the very best. A Hallmark Christmas is when God sent his son because of how much he loves you. We celebrate this over and over again, but I don't think we can celebrate it too much. At Christmas, God sent his son because of his love for you, for everyone. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. The gift of Christmas is that we are marked as children of God with the promise that Jesus is with us. Christmas marks us in all of the messiness of our lives. Some of you, you got it all together for this Christmas, and, and that's awesome. Some of you, nothing's together. And you know what? All of us, whether you got Christmas together or not, whether your life is in order tonight or not, all of us tonight are invited to claim the love of Jesus for each one of us, and that in all of that, particularly in the messiness, Jesus is with us. I was trying to think about Christmas, and I'm like, how, how could we carry this, this mark with us? How, you know, it's easy to, to watch a Hallmark movie, and then you need another one in a week because you got, went back to reality, and you're like, that's not the reality I live in. Well, Christmas is different because it is the reality that we live in, this, this love that, that enters into the messiness, and, and it doesn't have to all work out for us to know that Jesus is still with us. So I thought, how could we carry that mark? And my first thought was, we'll get tattoo artists, and you can all get a hallmark of your purity with God, and then, of course, that's a bad idea. And then I thought, you know what we really ought to do tonight? We ought to look at our hands. Look at your, look at your hands for a moment. Look at your hands for a moment. You can't really see it, but, uh, but on your finger is a fingerprint. And it is uniquely you. God has marked you as you, and you are loved. And maybe what we need to carry with us is, is just the knowledge that when things are really messy, we can look at our finger and go, God loves me. God created me. This is the mark of Christmas. I am a child of God. And then I want you to look into the eyes of your neighbor. Like, not in a freakish way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just, just look into the eyes of your neighbor and, and appreciate. Give them a, a look of love. Right? Your retina, the blood vessel pattern in your retina, this is why identity things work with retinas. Your identity is also in your eyes. And so we can look at someone else and know that they are uniquely them just by looking into their eyes and that they are loved by God and marked as a child of God as well. This mark is a gift to be nurtured. It's why we as a church gather together on Sundays. It's to, to nurture this gift of being children of God to grow into this gift. My prayer tonight is that this Christmas message, you've heard Christmas messages before, but, but just the, your fingerprint and your eyes, you'll just hang on to that as a, a reminder that what a Hallmark Christmas really is about 
is God's love for you. In a moment, we're going to hear a, a song before we light candles. In fact, let me invite you just to go ahead and find your candle wherever you, you stashed it next to you. I invite you to, to grab that candle, and in a few minutes, we're going to be lighting those. In the song, you're going to hear this line, let the light of Christmas shine in you. Let the hallmark of God's love be made alive in you. Let the hallmark of God's love shine through your eyes as, as we light these little pinpricks of life to remind us that even in the darkest places, God is with us.